Mr. Consul, you may proceed. Thank you, sir. All right, sir, can you go ahead and introduce yourself to the jury, please? Um, Tommy Lyle Carlton. Okay. And Mr. Carlton, um, let's get a little bit of background information on you. What's your date of birth? 721-1973. Okay. And what do you do for a living, sir? I'm a registered nurse. Okay. And as a registered nurse, have you had the opportunity to work on gunshot victims? Oh, many, many times. Okay. I've been a, worked all different fields over the past 20 years. I've been in the emergency rooms, ICUs, every single type of floor in the hospital there is. How many gunshot wounds would you say you've seen? Hundreds. Okay. Um, what I want to do with you, sir, is kind of take this chronologically for the jury. Um, and start off with uh, your acquaintances. Do you know an individual by the name of Ricky Donovan? Yes, I do. Okay. Can you explain to the jury how you first met Mr. Donovan? I met Mr. Donovan at a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. Okay. And why were you attending a Narcotics Anonymous meeting? Because I had uh, made a mistake in life and started began using drugs at the age of 35. Okay. Um, do you recall approximately when you first met Mr. Donovan? Uh, I think it was the very first meeting that we had. Do you know what date that would have been? What year? What month? Uh, it was in 2008, um, right after I got back from Key West, uh, up to back to moving back to Orlando. And um, I'm not really sure. It was in the summer sometime. Okay. Um, how June did July. Your, I'm sorry. June did, or July, I think. June or July of 2008? It's a guess, but approximately. How did your relationship with Mr. Donovan develop? Um, the very first meeting, they tell you to um, get rid of all your friends and so you can try to break the habit because um, usually you're using with different friends because um, usually you're using with different friends and that's exactly what I did and I got rid of every friend that I had trying to follow their um, recommendation to do so. So I ticked everybody off and I didn't want to explain why I didn't want to have anything more to do with them and so um, that's what I did, and, and I was extremely bored at home, and then first thought went right back to using drugs again. And uh, so I went right back the very next night to the same meeting, and I said, you know, I need help with this, you know. I can't uh, be sitting at home with twiddling my thumbs or I'm going to go out and use again. So I went back and I said, uh, can, you know, you guys are like my friends now, let's uh, go do something together. And, and it progressed from there. It progressed from there. What did your relationship with Mr. Donovan uh, progress to? Um, very first day we started like um, biking, doing playing some racquetball, it's one of my loves in life. Um, and first single time we had, uh, started he pulled out an eight ball of coke. Okay. So you started using drugs with Mr. Donovan? Yeah. Did at any point your relationship with Mr. Donovan turn into a more intimate relationship? Yes. Okay. Can you explain to the jury how that occurred? Uh, uh, Ricky Donovan's gay and um, I'm bisexual. I like um, both guys and girls, and um, one thing just led to another. We ended up having sex. Okay. Um, and did you continue to have a sexual relationship with Mr. Donovan up until the point where Mr. Woods comes into the picture? Oh, very frequently. Okay. And when does Mr. Woods, when are you first introduced to Mr. Woods? Um, whenever Ricky wants to go and uh, pick up some drugs because uh, Mr. Donovan, wanted, Mr. Donovan was the one that was purchasing them for him, and uh, so we went to his house to actually pick up the drugs. 
So you would go to James Wood's house to pick up the drugs, is that what you uh, this, this one specific time. We didn't frequently do that. Um, his dad worked, supposed to be a lab technician at the Florida hospital, and um, his dad worked night shift and he would be sleeping, so we could come there when his dad was sleeping. And um, uh, Mr. Woods would be always there raiding his dad's alcohol supply during the day while he was sleeping, and um, we'd come there and pick up drugs, and then we'd pick him up too, and he would come back to my apartment, and we'd all use drugs together. Everything. When did you first time frame wise dates years? When was the first time you met with Mr. Woods? Uh, it was November of 2008, the very end of November. Okay. And from November of 2008 through May of 2009, um, did your um, relationship with Mr. Donovan, excuse me, with Mr. Woods uh, progress? Yes, it progressed to a sexual issue as well. Okay. So in May of 2009, were you having both a sexual relationship with Mr. Donovan and Mr. Woods? Yes. Okay. And do you know what Mr. Woods' opinion of that relationship with Mr. Donovan was? Um, he was he was unaware that I was actually having a relationship with Ricky. He thought we were just using drugs together. Okay. And did Mr. Donovan know that you were also having a sexual relationship with Mr. Woods? Uh, no, he didn't. Okay. Um, did there come a time? where um, problems occurred between um, you and Mr. Woods because you were also having a sexual relationship with Mr. Donovan? Um, yeah. He, Why don't you go ahead and explain that to the jury? Um, he found out that I was having a relationship with uh, Ricky and uh, um, they became exceedingly jealous and was um, very ticked about it. He showed his anger about it. and um, uh, But at that time, we progressed so far into using drugs and he has no job, he has no place, no income. He was dependent on keeping his high by what I was buying. So he kept that relationship going so he could keep getting high. He's an IV drug user, just like I was. Now, did, um, through the course of your relationship with Mr. Woods, I'm assuming that you had um, several talks with him. Oh, many, 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 many. And you heard him testify as to the topics of those talks. What were some of the topics of, of your discussions with Mr. Woods? Uh, almost always about uh, drugs and sex, and uh, he wanted me to teach him about like astrophysics, and um, I have considerable information about the encyclopedia of things. I mean, I have a uh, sense of uh, higher education, and he was always asking me questions about that, because he doesn't have any. And he has an interest in science and math and everything else, and he kept asking me about um, not just science and math, but he would go on about metaphysics and ask me about questions about God and what I believed in this or that. Um, I don't know where he was talking about mind control and all that stuff. Okay. That's interesting. Did, um, did your discussions with Mr. Woods um, also extend to the topic of your family life? Oh, yes. Okay. Uh, and, and why don't you, um, I know obviously the jury probably already knows this, but you have a child, correct? Correct. And your son's name again? Eric Andrew Carlton. Um, and that child is with Miss Nichols, is that right? Correct. Okay. Um, did you ever discuss the topic of your son with Mr. Woods? Yes. Okay. Can you explain to the jury what you discussed with Mr. Woods regarding your son? The very first time it came up um, in my house, I apparently only had pictures of my son on the walls. And we were high, and you kind of, we have an expression called you geek on one thing. Just it makes your problems go away because you just think about one issue, and that's one of the I 
was on using drugs, my problems went away. I wasn't thinking about anything else. And then he brought it back to say, oh, who's that? And that was my son. And so I started like, you know, saying, oh, this is what's going on with my son, because that way we were having the, an issue with that. And um, so I just, you know, and what, what vented to him. And what was going on with your son? What's the issues you were having with your son? Oh, we had an issue. I went to put my arm around my son in the car, and um, he ducked down like this, like someone was going to hit him. And he, I know, because I was abused when I was a child, mom used to beat the crap out of me whenever I, sorry, I, I mean, she used to beat me whenever I was in the car, and I did the exact same move. So I knew someone, I knew it from a 10-year-old kid, could not fake that kind of a response. Okay. Were you, um, did you eventually gain knowledge directly from your son, Eric, that he was being abused? Yes. Okay. Now, uh, did, so you discussed the topic of Eric's treatment with James Wood, is that fair? Um, yeah, I, I just explained what was going on. Okay. Um, prior to May 4th, 2009, did you ever discuss the topic of having your ex-wife killed? Not at all. Whenever first the topic came up, he volunteered and said, oh man, I can help you with that. Just offered to help. Nothing was specified as what that help entailed whatsoever. It was, I can help you with that. And did you have any idea what he meant when he said, I can help you with that? I had no clue. I was high as a kite whenever he said that. I just took it for uh, verbatim. And, oh, well, he's going to help. At least someone's going to help. Because I had already been to the path of the police and DCF, and, and uh, no one seemed to care. Okay. So That um, was Michelle Gomez at DCF, uh, who I talked with with that, and she wouldn't even give me follow-up information on it. So I couldn't even find out what was going on with the case. But I knew that one thing is that I was separated from my kid because Ms. Nichols wouldn't allow me to see my son anymore. How many times did you speak to Mr. Woods regarding the issues with your son prior to May 4th of 2009? Uh, I believe that was the only time. So you spoke to him once about your issues? Correct. Okay. And he began that conversation. Okay. Now, taking you to the date of May 4th, 2009, strike that, before we, before we get into the meat of the case, you've heard testimony um, in regards to the evidence about you having a hearing problem. Do you have a hearing deficit? Definitely. Okay, can you please explain to the jury what kind of hearing deficit you have? Um, it's been an issue I've had for uh, most of my adult life and it never has uh, gotten acute until probably the past six or seven years. Um, I don't even know what the cause of it is but it has just progressed over time and um, you know it's the point now that I probably should get a hearing aid and I you know, it's a, it's a disability. I don't like pointing that out to people, you know, and people treat you different when they find out you can't do something. And um, so I just, over time, started to learn, I learned sign language for that reason, thinking I might go completely deaf. Um, I learned how to read lips over the time period, uh, which is something very hard to do, just trying to compensate. And in, in the past two years, well, I've just even been here, it's even increased. Okay. Um, let's go ahead now and direct your attention to May 4th of 2009. Do you recall the first um, contact, whether it be over the phone, texting, in person, that you had with James Woods that day? Uh, yeah, it was a phone call that we received, and it was a little after 1 p.m. Okay. And you heard the phone call that the state attorney's office played for the jury the other day um, from, between you and Mr. Woods, is that correct? That's the one. Okay. And that's the phone call that you're referencing? Correct. Okay. Um, and in that phone call, 
it indicated that you were going to go over to a buddy's place to hang out with Mr. Woods that evening, correct? Correct. Um, explain to the jury in your mind what you thought was going to happen that evening. Because James Wood lives with his parents, we didn't go over there to actually use drugs because his dad could wake up and catch us, you know, etc. Um, we went and we'd pick him up and go to different places. We'd go to my place about six, seven times. We went to a hotel, we went to a Radisson on I Drive, um, one right off of 30, 535, various different hotels we've gone to, other people's houses, um, friends that were also users who would supply the drugs as well. We would go and use at their place. So when he said we can um, come and use drugs at this guy's place, that's, or he said they were going to come and meet me at this guy's place. I assume that's what it was for okay. drugs. And we, always, we would always meet for drugs and sex. That was the whole thing. Now, you also heard testimony yesterday um, that there was a second phone call between um, you and Mr. Woods prior to your meeting at the hotel. Correct. Do you recall a second phone call on that day where you spoke to Mr. Woods? I do recall vaguely a phone call because that was over two years ago. But What is your recollection as to the content of that phone call? He would sometimes speak in code when he'd actually gotten us drugs, and he would refer to it as, well, you know that report that you asked me about? Well, I got that finished for you. And that was his little code that he would do when he actually had gotten the drugs. And I believe he said something about that, and someone was like, oh, so you got him, so you're ready. And then, but I don't remember exactly what was said. I mean, it was two years ago. Since the jury hasn't had the benefit of that second phone call, do you recall any comments made by either you or Mr. Woods during that call about meeting someone to you, for you to hire to kill your wife? None whatsoever. For, for sure, it was not in the phone call. It was a standard call that I got the stuff, let's you know, meet me here and we'll do it. Just like we've done dozens and dozens of times prior. Now is that the last contact that you have with Mr. Woods that day prior to your meeting at the hotel? Uh, I believe so. Okay. Um, let's go to the hotel, Quality Inn. Uh, explain to the jury how you got there. Um, how I, what do you how mean? You, how, you, how you got there? Did you drive yourself? Did someone drive you? Oh, I drove myself. Okay. He doesn't have a car. I, was, I just show up. Okay. And you arrive at the hotel room, correct? Mm -hmm. Correct. And um, you saw the video of the time period between your arrival and the arrival of Detective Griffin yesterday, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, during that time frame, is there anything that was additionally said between you and Mr. Woods that was not present there on that video? Um, I'm not sure I understand what you're saying. Is there anything else, any other conversations that you and Mr. Wood had? There was no conversation in regards to you hiring someone to murder anybody or anything like that on that video. Correct. Is there any other conversations that were not recorded between you and Mr. Woods from your arrival at the hotel until Detective Griffin enters the room? No. Okay. Um, Detective Griffin enters the room and kind of take us step by step through what's going through your mind. I was surprised that uh, he was showing up. He and the video shows that he said that the that his friend that owned the place was at the bar. I showed up and I was saying, oh, so we're going to go get something to eat. You know, so we always used to eat before we did it because after you shoot up with Coke, you do not want to eat. Your appetite completely goes away. So we'd always get some food first. And um, that's the, just the nurse in me trying to mitigate the effects of the drug, the bad effects. 
So we'd go get something to eat, and then we'd come back and use drugs, et cetera. But his friend was at the bar, and we never, you know, you don't speedball, at least I never speedballed, and that's uh, what mixing that, a, What does a, that mean for the jury, speedball? That's a, mixing like a downer with an upper, because that's, that can be deadly. You know, I was trying to, if you can do, use drugs safer, which is ridiculous. But yeah. prior, I'm sorry, prior to your arrival at the hotel, had you used any illegal drugs? I shot up before I even let, got back into the car and hit the turnpike to come down. Okay, and what did you shoot up with? Um, about a, almost a gram of coke. Okay. Were you under the effects of the cocaine at the time of your arrival at the hotel? Absolutely. Okay. It only takes 15 minutes to go from I-4 down the turnpike to this exit. Okay. Now, um, again, yesterday we had heard uh, the... I guess you'd say the audio portion of the hotel meeting between you and Detective Griffin, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, I want to ask you a couple questions about what was said on that tape. Okay. okay? Um, initially, when Detective Griffin comes into the room, he asks you, um, you want to talk business first or get some food in you? And your response is, um, that's cool if you just ate, are you hungry? Um, Wood says, not really, how hungry are you? You look like you can go a couple of weeks without eating. Your response is, you know, just, uh, you know, I have this problem with my ex-wife, got, got a guy like with this guy who's beating the crap out of my son. Explain to the jury what um, was, was meant from that exchange. Uh, right before that, James would have me and talking across on the two beds and he's telling me that he's coming there, oh, I've been thinking about this problem and that he had referenced that one time prior, and he said, um, you know, I got this guy, you know, he's, do, he, uh, he's done stuff with me criminally in the past, nothing was ever specialized anything criminal, was, or specified anything criminal was gonna happen yet, or anything like that. Um, and he's saying, oh, so he was talking about like car um, jackings they'd done, robberies, um, and then he said uh, um, that he was coming and he was gonna help me with that specific problem. Yeah. Um, Throughout the course of the of the evening, um, Detective Griffin said, kept using the word problem. He says, I'm here to take care of the problem. You just got to tell me what you want done. And you said, well, what are you all thinking price-wise? What was going through your mind then? What, tell us about that conversation and what happened there. Um, tell me that again. I'm sorry. He says, I, you say, I want you to take care of the problem. You know, be able to see my son. And he says, I'm here to take care of the problem. You just tell me what you want done. And you says, well, what are you thinking price-wise? Tell us about that conversation. What's going on there? Uh, I'm trying to find, he said, James Wood said he was coming to help. And um, so I was like, oh, I want you to take care of that problem. You know, that's what he said he was coming there for. And because um, obviously we weren't going to use drugs and or have sex right then. So, um, so I was trying to fulfill what he was coming there for. Um, so he showed up, I said, you want to take care of the problem, you know, be able to see my son. I didn't say, you know, to be able to kill my ex-wife. It was to be able to see my son, to be able to get my son in where I can actually protect him again and see him and, and guard over him so that he's not being beat when I'm not there. You, Detective Griffin says, oh, oh, I know, just tell me what you need done and I'll decide how it's going to work. Your response is, what's it going to cost? His is, what do you want done? You say, them taken out of the way so my son can come live with me. Explain to the jury what you meant when you said that. Well, yeah, at first he says, you know, 
um, what were you think? You know, what do you want done? And then he says, I don't, I don't work for free. So I said, well, what were you thinking of doing? And then you, know, you go back and forth a couple of times there, and then I say, well, what were you thinking price-wise? Because he tacked on the other things. I didn't even know what we were talking about at that point. And then he added in the money issue. So I'm thinking, what, he was wanting like gas money? Because nothing's been specified at all. Uh, frequently, I would give James Wood gas money because he didn't have a job, didn't have nothing. So I didn't know what we were talking about. I didn't know if the guy was going to want like drugs to do something or what. Nothing was specified. In my, oh, and in my head, I'm thinking that uh, all that needs to be done to solve this is to have somebody show up and uh, catch Liz walking out of the apartment or something and say, hey, you know, we know that he's, your kid's being beat by this guy. Um, and then just imply, you know, as a show of force, a verbal harangue that, that, you know, don't make us come back and just let her decide what that means. This is a little a visual, um, this verbal incentive, uh, an implication that something would happen if she, if she didn't, just to see if that would stop it because nothing was going. That's what I'm thinking is happening because nothing's been specified otherwise. So that was the first thought of me. Not, you know, that's why I said I wanted to be able to, um, to see my son, not take out, kill, murder my ex-wife. Tommy, you also say, I guess if she was out of the picture, he would automatically be out of the picture, referring to Jay, right? They're not married. What are you saying there? Oh, that he wouldn't have a reason to try to actually fight because they're not married, you know, and if she decided to acquiesce, he couldn't oversee it because they were married and um, she would, you know, just as being in that kind of a marriage, you know, he would have the ability to say something in a, in a family or relationship. I didn't want him to say, oh, well, he's his son now, because some people do that. Because uh, he's got a reason to try to hinder that, because he was the one that, according to Eric, was hitting him and beating him. And incidentally, um, my son wouldn't initially talk to me about that whenever he did that in the car, and we called my friend Mary Andrew up in Indiana, who was also a registered nurse. And she's been a nurse a lot longer than I have. She's one of the few that I call when I don't know what's going on. Tommy, make sure you just focus on the questions I ask you, okay? Okay. Um, during the course of that conversation, and you, you already have indicated this, the topic of money comes up, correct? Okay. And um, there's an exchange between you and Detective Griffin where Detective Griffin asks you for money. Uh, did you bring any money to this meeting? No. Um, and why didn't you bring any money to this meeting? I just spent money, like about $600 on um, buying Coke and making it into crack. Okay. Um, through the course of it, it sounds like there's an agreement between you and he that you're going to pay him $500 on Friday and then you're going to pay him another $500 every two weeks thereafter. What did you think that agreement was about? I thought it was to show that a verbal you know, a verbal harangue to, to say, get her to think, hey, I got to stop someone from beating my kid or, you know, this guy showed up and just, just it would scare her. That was it, you know. Um, but he, but Griffin had threatened me to even, like, do that. He said, um, I'm not in the business of knocking on your door. Uh, I, we'll get to that. Oh, okay. 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 Griffin also says, I'm not talking about putting money up front before it, before I have to take her out. And your response is, yeah, I didn't even prepare for that. 
again, explain to the jury what's going on there. I didn't come up with any money. I didn't know I was coming to meet to, buy, to hire anybody to do anything. I didn't know that anyone was going to be there to even help. James Wood said that right there on the bed. That was the first time I heard anything. So I didn't show up with any money to hire anybody or to do anything. Now, Griffin, as you were indicating before, Griffin does say, um, I ain't going to go... I ain't gonna go fucking knocking on your door every day. You know what I'm saying? We have to set up something. Set up the way it's gonna go because, uh, you know, I ain't gonna go fucking knocking on your door and kicking in your door and stuff like that. Tell me what's going through your mind when he's saying that to you. Um, that I'm very high after shooting up with coke. I'm not even in a position to defend myself and now he's wanting money that sounds like James Wood has promised him and knowing James Wood can't, that means it has to come from me. And knowing I have no money, now he's talking about, I'm not knocking on your door. Um, I'm not in the business of even coming and kicking in your, I don't want to have to come kick in your door to get my money. And at the end, he says, and I'm not your friend. I'm not here to be your friend. Right off the bat, that, that was a clear threat that he was going to get his money come what may. And were you threatened by what he indicated? Very be very difficult to defend yourself when you're uh, just you're shooting up with coke. <laughs> At one point, Detective Griffin says, and he's referring to your son, he's going to wake up because I plan on using a gun, but I'll be in and out. But the most effective way to off someone like that is to shoot them in the back of the head. You know what I'm saying? He may wake up, but I'm going to be gone by then. How old is he? Is he old enough to call 911? Your response is, hmm. Tell the jury what's going on there. We are outside. I can't hear like everybody else. I even tell them that three times, or I think total of five times through this whole four days that they're doing this investigation. Uh, and when I didn't know I was being recorded, so no way to fake something like that. And we're walked outside. It's nighttime, it's uh, about, I guess, 8.30 at night, maybe 8.45, something like that. And um, we walk to the edge of the parking lot away from the lights, it's nighttime, he's got facial hair, it's hard to, you know, I've never read his lips before, it's trying to learn how to read his lips, now I can't even read his lips, I can't hear as well what he's saying, and then, then, then there's a water pump that goes off that, that's rattling, I couldn't hear much at all what he was saying, and well, I said, well, just make sure my son's not around, thinking when he shows up to make that, you know, I didn't want my son to, 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 to be witness to him, you know, this, this guy looking like a thug coming up to my ex-wife. So I would say, make sure my son's not around. And that's when he chooses, the only time he ever chooses to say, um, shoot somebody in the back of the head. I couldn't hear what he said until I, mm-hmm, trying to say, for him to repeat. He doesn't, instead of repeating it, he goes back and says, oh, well, don't worry about him, <clears throat> the topic of my son that I just made the last statement on. He ain't no baby. And I went, let's go eat then, so great. Nothing about shoot did I ever hear. Now, um, you had indicated previously to the jury that you had no money with you. Correct. Um, at some point, Detective Griffin also asked you for addresses for your ex-wife, correct? Correct. And you didn't have the addresses either, correct? Uh, I had one address in my car, but that was for her work. Okay, so you did not have, did you have her home address? No. But you did have her work address? Correct. Why would you have her work address in your vehicle? Because I was a home health nurse with an IV specialty. Frequently, I have to go to different nursing homes to like start IVs. Um, I've worked at all different types of, of nursing agencies that employed um, IV specialists. And when nursing homes can't get an IV started, they have to 
outhouse that work to a, a specialty nurse. And I've worked at Ag Tech Healthcare who did that. They're a group of IE specialists. So you have a list of the phone numbers and addresses of various nursing homes that go through. And that group of, happened to be one group that, that, that um, was in the book. So all I had to do was go look it up the address of Oak Bridge Healthcare. During the course of this conversation, another topic comes up, and that's the topic of you creating an alibi. Do you recall that? Yes. Okay. Um, why would you need to have an alibi? What's going through your head then? So that she, because she's threatened in the past, saying that um, that I've I've committed domestic violence claims to her. Um, just like the time in Polk County and where I was at work and my nurse manager had to come. So if somebody showed up and is talking about, is talking about, hey, you don't make us come back, you know, I wanted to make sure that, because I, I, I realized that that might be illegal, you know, I'm trying to ask somebody to, to intercede on my behalf in some way. Um, and I really didn't, I didn't know anything about the law before. And I just kind of, well, it's kind of too good. And then I find out I was using drugs and that was a big fear. And I wanted to make sure I documented my time because didn't know when it was going to happen or when they would be here or how many times that they were going to go talk to her or if they were just going to be seen after they went and made that first oral harangue to them that they, you know, oh, oh, yeah, we're right here watching, you know, he's not hurt, you know. So I didn't know when. That's why I said, I, you know, I was going to document my time for the next few weeks. There's also allegations that at some point during the course of that conversation, you made a statement, I'm popped up. Did you make that statement? No, that's an error in the transcript. What did you actually say? It says, I'm half deaf. And that's what was on the recording. Correct, and the sentence after that says, I'm half deaf, so if I can't hear what's being said, or if I could hear what's being said, she should certainly be able to, because I'm half deaf. That's what it says there. Now tell the jury, um, they also heard evidence that at some point, uh, you discovered a Detective Molina in the hotel room next door. Um, tell me that again. I apologize. At some point, or during the uh, during the testimony the jury's heard, um, they've, it's been indicated that you discovered Detective Molina in the hotel room next door to the to the room that you were in in the Quality Inn. Can you explain to the jury how that occurred? Yeah, when I went out to get the address, my car is only what 100 feet from that the entrance to that hotel room, and. When I went out there, because I had showed up to use drugs, I had a crack cookie in this pocket that I just bought and made into crack that we were going to use that night. And we, they have a little saying that, you know, burning a hole in your pocket because you want to use it so bad. And that's what we had shown, and it had been in my pocket this whole time. I showed up there for to do that. So when I went out there to get that address, I stabbed it into that cookie in a little crack pipe, and I used a tire gauge, it's a metal tire gauge because the glass keeps, keeps breaking. And I stabbed into the cookie and I lit up a couple pieces, very large pieces of crack on that. I immediately became paranoid. So when I came back, I looked in every single window of the hotel. There was a little tiny crack and that's when I found it on the window right before there because I was so paranoid. At some point during the course of the conversation, Detective Griffin also indicates to you that he's gonna make this look like a carjacking. Do you remember that? Yes. Can you explain to the jury what was going through your mind at that point? I was, again, newly high. I didn't understand how that fit into the place, but he'd already threatened me, and I didn't want to challenge him anymore by kicking in my door to get his money, and now I'm, I'm really paranoid because I'm hitting the, the crack pipe. 
So I didn't know what was going on that, and I just didn't want to challenge it and going, okay, what's a, you know, now he's talking about a carjacking. I didn't know what was going, that he was referring to at that point. He didn't say a carjacking gone wrong, like you would think if he was going to be murdering somebody. He said a carjacking would be easy, not a carjacking gone wrong or anything like that. Is it fair to say that based upon your relationship with Mr. Woods, you had trusted him up until May 4th of 2009? Yeah. Okay. Um, he was a very close friend? Uh, yeah. We were having sex and using drugs and keeping a secret because... You know, I had a medical license. I didn't want to get caught and didn't, I mean, tried to quit using drugs frequently and, and failed. That's one of the reasons I left Key West, trying to was, stop using the drugs. Was Mr. Woods drinking anything that night at the hotel room? Yes. What was he drinking? He went, whenever he first came in, he had the, the little plastic glass and he went into the, the corner where you can't see off the camera and there's a little, little mini fridge. And inside he had a bottle of vodka he was pouring right into his drink. and. I remember him saying, and I don't know if I just couldn't hear it or what, but he's like, you want one? I'm like, no, man, that'll fuck up my high. I'm sorry if I'm trying to be accurate. Okay. And through the course of the um, conversation with Detective Griffin, you're also um, asked for pictures of your ex-wife and your son. Do you recall that? Correct. Did you bring any pictures with you? No. And why didn't you bring any pictures with you? So I didn't have any clue. I showed up for drugs and sex, not to hire a hitman or hire anybody for anything at all. I didn't even know that he had talked to somebody and, you know. That I thought, he meaning Mr. Woods? Correct. That he had talked to somebody to try to come help me with this problem with my son. So after uh, we're done with the quality in and you're done speaking to Detective Griffin, you leave, and what happens at that point after you initially leave the hotel room where Detective Griffin and Mr. Woods remain? First thing I do, I hit the crack right in my pocket. That's burning a hole in your pocket. That's, that's what they say, and that's exactly the way it is. You keep wanting to hit it. So I hit it right there, came newly high again, and went right to the thing. Well, uh, I know that was a cop, you know, because the crack doesn't last right, that let, long. Let's stop for a second. You went oh. right to the thing. What thing are you talking about? The office. Um, the office to the hotel. Okay. And we saw yesterday as well some video of you going to the hotel lobby. Correct. Okay. Um, once you're in the, what are you doing at the hotel lobby? Why did you go to the hotel lobby? I was, then I was convinced that there were cops trying to catch me buying drugs. And I wasn't even really thinking about the whole threat thing. I'm like, how could they be threatening me? Or if they were, how could they be cops? Because I trust Wood. And, and if there are cops, the cops don't threaten you. And, I was com more confused than anything, and I'm trying to understand this in a high state. So I went there to find out if there were cops. And how were you going to try to find that out? I told them, oh, I had a friend that rented that room, and I wanted to rent the room next to him. Um, and I had someone there, and I didn't know if, uh, hey, were they staying long, or could I rent the next night, or what? Were you able to rent the hotel room next door? No, she said it was a family in there. Okay. And then with that information, what do you do next? I think she's lying in on it because I'm still paranoid and I walk out and then I, I think I, I think at that point I drive up the road and then I go back and then come back around, get out my car, I'm sneaking through the bushes. They even said on the thing, oh, that they didn't know where I won, that they'd lost me because I was in the bushes. I mean, you know, I was that messed up. Why, why were you, what were you trying to do? Were you trying to get back to the hotel room? Were you trying, what were you trying to do? 
trying to see what who was in the room if it was the cops if it was somebody else what i didn't know okay and eventually uh, you do make contact with the detective griffin and mr woods again correct right because i was checking in, in all the cars i pulled in the car around because i thought i saw something in the two cars on the on the ends and uh, one of the hoods was warm so i parked my car there and i went over to the truck that griffin indicated was his and i'm looking in the windows and yet he said he didn't see no behavior for for using drugs and that's the number one so symptom of using crack okay. paranoia after the quality in meeting our next meeting is um, dairy Queen. but do you have any contact with either mr woods or detective griffin prior to your meeting at dairy queen definitely okay who do you have contact with first do you recall yes after i finally leave and i hit on the hit on the turnpike and get off now I got this, the rest of this dope here that we didn't use, just like I said, the pattern, you go get something to eat first because you ain't going to eat afterwards. I went to Wendy's and then my phone rings and it's James Wood and that's on the call off. He calls me and he just talked through telling Griffin that he was afraid of me and Griffin says, well, you don't worry about that. You can call me if he contacts you and that way we'll protect you, implying that he's going to protect him. Yet then after he drops him off at home, right, at his dad's house, then he calls me and we have an 11 minute conversation. And without telling the jury what Mr. Woods said, what is, after having that conversation, what happens? What's, what do you do based upon that conversation? Oh, I drive and go, I go right back down the turnpike and right up the road from his house, there's a Royal Palm and BVL, there's a little convenience store. And that's where, cause his, Dad was awake at night. You know, he worked the night shift, and I guess he was there. So he met me at that store, and I picked him up at that store, and then took him back to my place to use the drugs because he was calling for that drugs. I thought, you know, you still got those drugs because he's an addict. So that night, you and, and Mr. Woods wound up using the rest of the drugs. Correct. That night and half the next day. Are there any more phone calls between either you and Mr. Woods or you and Detective Griffin prior to your meeting at Dairy Queen? Tell me again. Are there any more phone calls between you and Mr. Woods or you and Detective Griffin prior to your meeting at Dairy Queen? Um, You've told us about the one with James Woods about the drugs. Are there any other phone calls? Yeah, um, that night, that's, uh, I guess is the Let's see, that was the fourth. That night on the fifth, so the, the fifth, we stayed using drugs and, and having sex most of that, that, that um, night through the morning. Then we went to sleep and then um, um, Griffin gives us, I believe it's Griffin who calls. Um, and it's like almost midnight. Uh, it's 11.57, uh, Griffin gave me a call. And it, I believe it goes to voicemail because I'm high and paranoid, don't want to answer, don't want people finding out didn't recognize the phone number, then um, I think Are there any additional phone calls then, or do you call Detective Griffin back? Do I, don't, I don't call him back. There's an, he calls again an hour later. It's like 10 minutes to 1 in the morning. He's calling me again. And then he calls me again a minute after that, I think. Um, and I, or, or I may, may call him back at that point. Um, okay. I'm not really, I don't remember exactly. Sir, I'm going to show you what's been marked as Defense Exhibit A for identification. Can you look through that? And when you're done looking through that, just look up for me, please. 
What am I looking for? I can't keep. What I want you to do, Mr. Carlson, is I want you to look through those papers, if you can. And when you're done looking through those papers, just look up for me. Oh. Not looking for nothing specific? I just okay. want you to look at those papers, see if you recognize those. Yeah, I recognize them. Okay. And what do you recognize, the, recognize those documents to be? It's my phone call records, or okay. my phone records. Okay. Um, and you have had an opportunity to look at your actual phone records on your phone, correct? Correct. Okay. And you've had an opportunity to look at those records and your phone records and compare the two, correct? Correct. And do those phone records that you have in your hand there truly and accurately reflect the phone calls and texts that were made by your phone for that time period? Correct. Okay. Judge, at this time I would request that, if I may approach Mr. Turner, uh, that the defense exhibit A for identification be moved into evidence as a defense exhibit two. No objection. All right. They shall be admitted into evidence. <coughs> So there's a phone call between you and Detective Griffin, uh, excuse me, Detective Griffin calls you right before midnight. Detective Griffin then calls you again right before 1 a.m. Um, are there any more phone calls between you and Detective Griffin before you meet at um, Dairy Queen? Uh, yeah, I think it's 1 o'clock uh, the next day in the afternoon. Okay. And you and him at that time discussed meeting at the Dairy Queen? Uh, he wants to meet at... Um uh, Walgreens first and then I'm uh, gotta understand how you don't really stop using crack that's the problem I'm still paranoid and I know how many cameras there are around Walgreens and oh, let's meet at the Dairy Queen over here and he didn't want to but then he acquiesced and did okay we get to the Dairy Queen and why what's going through your head why why did you go to the Dairy Queen Oh, he had asked me to bring pictures, like he had um, demanded afterwards in the in that hotel meeting. He demanded, you know, I bring me pictures and this, and I'll call you, and don't call me. Um, that's what he said. And why are you bringing him pictures if you're if you're if you're not hiring him to kill your wife? Why are you bringing him pictures of your wife? Because nothing's been said about killing anybody. I didn't hear that one paragraph, and he keeps going back to the same topic of my son not being there, and my, oh, don't worry about your son, he'll be okay. So I'm thinking it's still about this verbal thing, and now he just wants, like, extorted me for $500. I didn't, I'm like trying to figure out how to get out of that. But until then, you know, I don't have to pay him till Friday, and he wants, wants me to bring pictures so that he knows who he's got to walk up to. And so I do that. I mean, I can't back out of it because Wood told him where, Wood, who set this all up, told him where I lived. And then he threatened me. So if I go home, then I'm not safe there. He's going to come there. And when am I not going to be high? And in fact, you don't just give him a picture of your ex-wife. You also give him a picture of your son. Is that correct? Because I thought that was the whole point. I brought him a picture of my, in fact, two pictures, uh, the one that's all blackened up and the picture's gone, that was of my son. Um, and I even have a photocopy in my, um, that came in my discovery of that, if anyone wanted to see it. Um, and just my son, so he would see that. And in other words, with had Liz, me, and my son. So there's two pictures of my son in that. At the Dairy Queen, again, you and Detective Griffin um, discuss what's going on with your situation, correct? You remember that? Correct. Okay. Detective Griffin says, Normally when people are serious, 
They fucking got money ready and not just, you, you know what I mean? Not just not making them nervous. You have any good faith shit with you today? Not 50 or $100 bucks, nothing? On Friday, I'll definitely get that to you. What's going through your mind there? Oh, um, he was just trying to extort the money out of me. And, uh, and if you noticed in the, the, the hotel conversation when I said I was going to get that, I get paid every two weeks. I got paid weekly, but I didn't want to let him know that's why I gave two weeks so I'd have extra time. You know, and then when after he threatened me, then suddenly well, it goes from, yeah, I have a problem with getting the money to, oh, I'll borrow it from somebody to get it to you because he had threatened me. That's also during the Dairy Queen conversation, uh, you say to him, yeah, I would have been prepared too, but he told me he was taking care of it. Who's the he you're referring to there? James Wood. He said he was going to. Okay. Detective Griffin says, mm-hmm. He didn't tell you anything about me. You respond, I didn't know I was meeting you there or nothing. I'm like, oh, really? I thought I was just meeting him that night. What's going on there? Hi. He acted like that, uh, you know, I should have showed up and been prepared and had money. And, and I said, I didn't even look, man. I didn't know you were going to be there. I didn't know anything about you until he told that. And he asked again. He said, you didn't know I was going to be there? I'm like, no. You also say, I'm having nightmares about shit. Last time I talked to my kid, I was crying on the phone. I'm going to allow a little leeway. So you may, you may continue. He says, or you say, I'm having. I'm ha defense counsel's going to continue to do it. He needs to tell me what page he's on. I'm on page 99 of um, the state attorney's location, page four of the specific You say, I'm having like nightmares about shit. The last thing I, the last time I talked to my kid, he was crying on the phone. What's going on there? What are you talking about? I was a. Uh, um, I was just having nightmares with my son. Um, calling me up because you know I know what it was like to be beat when you were a kid and I was having nightmares if um, he would call up and, and I wouldn't be able to help him because I was high. Now the next meeting after the Dairy Queen is the first time you meet at Walmart, correct? Yeah. In between the meeting of Dairy Queen and the first meeting at Walmart, are there any phone call conversations between you and Mr. Woods? Uh, yeah, he was texting me the very next day. Uh, Griffin had like called me a couple of times, um, and then uh, and then Wood initiates the text. Oh, what's up? You in the area? Because he's wanting more drugs, and that's on the phone records there too. All right. Eventually, you guys decide to meet at Walmart, correct? Um, you and the tech Griffin. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was, the texts are from Woods. I, I thought you said Woods. Well, uh, and I, let me make sure I'm clear then. You had, you had phone call conversations and texts between you and James Woods from the period between Dairy Queen and your first visit to Walmart, correct? Correct. Did you also have either phone call conversations or texts with Detective Griffin during that same time period? Uh, no texts, only phone calls from Griffin. Okay. And the um, purpose of those phone calls is what? Um, setting up the next meeting. He never left me alone every single day. He was harassing me, calling me, trying to get to initiate um, a furtherance of this, this um, campaign that was started and I felt stuck in. Now, the next meeting, or the first meeting at Walmart, there is an exchange of money. Is that correct. 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 You give Detective Griffin $500. Correct. 
if you're not hiring Detective Griffin to kill your wife, why in the world are you giving him $500? Giving him $500, that's what he was like extorting to be this so-called help um, to try to just sit there and make that, you know, walk up to Liz and make that little verbal arrangement. That's what I was assuming, but it had never been specified. So at that point, I was just giving him money so that he didn't break through my door and like beat the crap out of me. Okay, so we're now several days into this uh, week-long period and it's your testimony you still don't know what Detective Griffin is going to do. Correct. What I obviously what I was assuming is is um, not the, exactly what he's talking about because 500 bucks didn't match what, you know, what he was referring to. Well, what are you assuming? Tell me what you're assuming. Oh, I, I, I assumed he was just going to make up that verbal uh, confrontation. I thought it was James Wood because he's got long hair and the tattoos. He was just going to look like a thug and walk up. No, we know this, you know, um, that we know someone's beating your kid and, and don't make us come back and let her infer what she wanted out of it. That's all I thought originally was going to happen. And I'm not sure what Griffin was referring to. All I had in my thought was the threat. We, now, we then heard a phone call between um, Detective Griffin and you um, where Detective Griffin says, get your face on camera. ASAP. Um, can you tell the jury when you heard that phone call what was going through your mind? What do you think is happening? I thought he was fixing the, yeah, she was like, you know, they were walking and it, it, she was alone and my son wasn't around. They were going to make that verbal um, show there, or verbal and a physical show, I guess, because it was the, about the look of being like a thug. And, you know, Griffin kind of looked like it. So I'm assuming still, well, maybe that's what he's going to do. Um, I was hoping that, that he would just go away after he got the money and that would be it because I thought that was really his only his only interest was in the money and he told me to, to make the alibi he's the one who said oh go buy cigarettes everything I talked about like um, I wanted to establish I was going to be with my patients for the next few weeks because it was supposed to be just like a ongoing thing if it was going to be a bullet killing someone that's a one second thing I would, would need to establish my whereabouts with patients for weeks so clearly, I'm talking about one thing and he's talking about something else. That doesn't even make any sense. Some time passes, and then you get another phone call from Detective Griffin. And we heard that phone call as well. And um, state, I'm on page 106. It says, or, or Detective Griffin says, um, hey man, yeah, everything's good, everything's wrapped up. We need to meet up, I need to get rid of this shit and get the fuck out of here now. You respond, okay, um, which way are you coming? Are you coming back to Orlando? As if you're ready and willing and able to go and meet up. What's going through your head right now? That he wanted to um, give me back those pictures. That was what was arranged. Because when I gave them to him, I said, hey, this is the only picture that I have, that this one of my son, and that was important to me. It's the only picture I had of all three of us together, and I wanted those pictures back, and he said he was going to. Did at any point you think at that point he's done his job? Fix the situation? Yeah, I thought he had had shown up and, and made that little verbal harangue and it was done. So I was, I didn't think nothing of it, especially not knowing he was dead. It's ridiculous. You guys decide to meet back up at Walmart, correct? Correct. Okay. And you do meet up at Walmart? Correct. Correct? Okay. And Um, Detective Griffin says, as soon as you walk in, he says, done, brother, slaps you on the back, and you say, thank 
God. What's going on there? Well, a little relief. It's done. He got his money. He's going to get the pictures back. He'll be out of my life. It's done. I don't have to worry about anybody coming to my house, breaking, kicking in my door, like he said. I'm thinking it's fun and over with. Uh, you know, the five hundred dollar extortion. Uh, the you know, that that's what I thought was the, he was talking about. That was the relief that I would break. Yeah, thank God. He says. Stupid fucking bitch came out in her, in her car. I was hiding in the woods, man, so I could take, her, take care of her. I tried to get her fucking ID, but in her purse, man, I couldn't find her ID, so I said, fuck it. I snapped the goddamn picture and took off. Your response, wow. What's going on? My response is, damn, because I'm trying to figure out what he's saying isn't matching what I expected to hear from him. And, and I apologize for telling you. What did you expect to hear from him? I expected him here. What her response was, you know, um, you know that uh, was Jay around and like you know him being a casualty was you know if he was around that if he like wanted to like try to defend his you know his honor of his woman and they got into a fight and casualty doesn't mean death. That first definition in the dictionary is injury, not killed, not a not a, not a death, but can mean both. Um, but I, because we never had ever discussed kill, dead, die, slain, nothing of that. I thought maybe, oh, well, and he was talking about Jay, how they would get into a fight. That's what I was, it was an assumption, you know, just like they were assuming I was trying to kill somebody. May I approach the witness, Ron? Yeah. Mr. Carlton, I'm going to show you what's been marked as Defense Exhibit 1 into evidence. Can you please take a look at that? Yep. Do you recognize that? Yes. What do you recognize it to be? A uh, picture of uh, Elizabeth with a fake bullet hole in the head with okay. ridiculous blood on the face. We saw on the video screen um, Detective Griffin showing you his phone, assuming there was a picture on the phone. I couldn't see whether or not there was a picture on the phone from the video or not. There do was. You, do you recall that? Yes. Do you recall what that picture was of? Um, I couldn't see it very well. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. We're in a truck. There's glare on the phone. When I look at it, and I and I'm trying to listen to what he's saying, and because I, I can't see his lips, I'm looking down here, and then I, I'm not quite hearing exactly what he's saying, and I'm trying to see what this picture is, and he's just holding it for a couple of seconds away. So I try to zoom in like that, and then he pulls it away. He testified that I had grabbed his hand to pull it to him. I never touched it or he got to pull it away. He put it, pulled it right away, went right onto his, his leg. I didn't even tell what it was. It just was a picture. It looked like a face on this little tiny screen. It wasn't this huge picture that you could see anything. I've seen gunshot wounds to faces and heads. And, and that was going to be my question, Mr. Carlton. You see Defense Exhibit 1. Um, are you able to tell, just looking at that picture, that it's a fake? Absolutely. And tell us why you're able to tell it's a fake. A gunshot to the head would have blown off the entire back head. The face would have been falling everywhere. There would have been blood covering her. Any facial wound bleeds profusely. Every nurse on the planet knows that. It wouldn't and just be this little... that would be my second question. How Sorry. would you know that? Because I'm a nurse of 20 years that worked in ER for many, many years. And as you've indicated, you have seen gunshot wounds. Yeah. Okay. Nowhere near this pretty... May I approach the witness, Sean? It's one of the most gruesome things you can see. I would object to the defendant continuing to narrate and just needs That's to just answer questions. During that Walmart second meeting, and I'm on page 110 state, 
the um, Detective Griffin says, did you at least get your fucking face on camera or something? You say, I did. I went and bought a pack of cigarettes and went downstairs to my neighbors. Tell us what's going on with that. Uh, he was asking if I followed through with the alibi that he had requested of me. He, he said, go get, put your face on camera, 7-Eleven, get a pack of cigarettes. And I tried to sit, oh yeah, well, I didn't do that, and uh, I'm making up something. So I'm just saying what I, he wants to hear. I said, yeah, I bought cigarettes and went downstairs and talked to my neighbors. I didn't buy cigarettes in my apartment and then go downstairs and talk to my, because I was nervous trying to figure out what's going on. I was a little confused. So, and I'm a bad liar, so I just spit that out and didn't even make sense. You finish up with Detective Griffin at the Walmart parking lot. And as you're exiting his vehicle, do you get a phone call? Um, actually, I was actually just got into my car and okay. started it up. You get into your car, start it up, and you get a phone call? Correct. And who is that phone call from? Uh, the police department. And um, based upon that phone call, what do you do? I drive right to the police station. When you're driving to the police station, what do you think is going on? I think that, um, you know, that... Um, Liz went right to the police because this guy showed up and maybe he said, oh, you know, uh, he told his dad and then I thought maybe he just sit there and, and said that, you know, told Liz, oh, it was because, you know, uh, Eric told his father and his father sent me here to, to um, talk to you about it. And I thought, great, so now I got to go to the police to talk about this. And so I thought I was going to get arrested. I thought, and I called what like... What did you think you were going to get arrested for? Hmm, some kind of harassing harassment. I thought you know it was like a harassment move. So I called like thirty some people. And if you look at the phone records, there's like trying to let everyone know I'm not going to be there tomorrow. I'm not going to do this. I, uh, there's an extensive amount of phone calls in that one little 15 minute period. Only three people answered. And in fact, as soon as you arrived at um, police headquarters, they read you your Miranda. Do you recall what your first question was? Oh, am I being arrested? Because that was what I thought was was going to happen. We heard today the content of that um, conversation between you and Detective Molina and Detective Roller and all, all of them, correct? Correct. Okay. Um, there were a lot of things said in regards to your ex-wife during that conversation that you had said. Correct. Okay. I think Ms. Heller said it best when she asked your ex-wife, there's two sides to every story. Correct. Okay. Um, <clears throat> From your perspective, everything you said in regards to that conversation true as it pertains uh, to your ex-wife? As it pertains to her, absolutely. Okay. All the... the detectives then eventually show you Detective Griffin. They had, we weren't able to see it, but I, they had the door open and you could see him outside the door. Is that what happened? Correct. Why don't you explain to the jury how that went down, actually, since we couldn't see that perspective or that angle? Oh, they brought Griffin in. They said they were looking for a uh, my reaction after they'd supposedly given me all these times to back out, which never happened. And they showed me this picture. They just handed it to me, and I'm looking at it, and I'm thinking, you know, this looks ridiculous, but this is I'm at the police station. Now they're telling me that she's dead, and I'm like, I'm trying to fathom how is she dead looking like this, and and I mean. I'm trying to figure out what's going on because it's not making sense to me. Again, the cops don't lie to you and tell you somebody's dead when they're not. And I'm like, well, shoot, maybe she is dead. And uh, it's going through my head. And then before I can even like, you know, 
rectify in my head what's what they're saying is happening and what this picture looks like and everything is then they show Griffin there and they're like oh he was a cop so he was a cop so there's no way she's dead so there was a lot of relief in that moment you know so I, I put it down and I'm still confused of what's going on because nothing matted up you know I trusted Woods why would Woods set me up when he's trying to help me out why would you know it, it just didn't make any sense Several times during the course of the conversation after Griffin has been introduced to you, law enforcement um, and state, I um, actually don't have numbers, but it's page 33, top hand corner, 34, top hand corner. Um, Detective Molina asked, why would you hurt your wife? Why would you hurt her? Why did you want her hurt? Um, what's going through your mind when he's asking you these questions? Uh, I said I never tried to hurt her because I never did, never wanted her hurt. Actually, talked to you on the phone. We'll be coming in here too. Okay. Um, do you have any ID on you at all? I'm on a debit card. Does that work? Oh well. I'll just I'll bet you just tell me your name. <laughs> What's your well, name? Well, I mean, my picture on it, does it? That's on me. That's it. Oh, yeah. That's why I got that one. Tommy, is Tommy your full? I mean, is that? That's my real name. T O M N Y. It's different. It's usually Thomas. Or yeah. That's my brother's name was Lonnie. <laughs> that's the we're all expecting. Thomas. Yeah. My brother supposedly named me. He was named Lonnie. Is he older? But he wanted a Tommy. Yeah. Who wanted a Tommy? He did. Your brother? <laughs> so that's a, they couldn't come up with a name. So the story goes. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm just gonna record this just so I don't forget anything. That's okay. good. Um, and, and since we're in the sheriff's office, can I call you Tommy? Yeah. That's since we're in the sheriff's office, as a rule, um, we always swear people in and we always read Miranda. Okay. Okay. Um, so. Um, uh, my name is Brett Roller, um, and we're here taking a statement at the Osceola County Sheriff's Office. The date is the 8th of May, 2009, and the time is uh, 8.49 p.m. Um, Tommy, I'm required to advise you a law enforcement officer and power to administer oaths during uh, any kind of investigation. Okay. That's provided in Florida State Statute 117.10. Uh, any false statement or lie is misdemeanor in the first degree and is punishable to up to one year in the county jail. Okay. Could you raise your right hand for me? Sure. Do you swear that uh, everything we talk about today is the truth, nothing but the truth, to the best of your knowledge to help you God? I do. Okay. And like I said, just for, because we are in a sheriff's office, we always read people their rights. Um, you have the right to remain silent. Do you understand that? I'm being arrested? No. no. Oh, being all, all I'm doing, I, we read everybody their rights. Doesn't matter. Oh, whenever we take a statement from anybody, we always read them their rights. Oh, okay. Just what, like, just shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like when you came in the calm. building, I patted you down. Oh, okay. Just calm down. Yeah, all right. You have the right to remain silent. You understand that? Uh huh. Anything you say can and may be used against you in court of law. Do you understand that? Sure. You're entitled to a lawyer to have a lawyer before and during questioning. Do you understand that? Yeah. If you cannot afford a lawyer, one uh, will be furnished or and provided to you before or during questioning. Do you understand that? Yeah. Um, has, have I threatened or promised you anything to get no. you to talk to me? All right. If you would, I'd like you, if you'd like to read them over again, that's fine. But I'd like to initial by each one, one through five. And also, I need you to sign right down there. Right here? Yes, sir. Yeah, you started to scare me there. I'm like, yeah, what the hell? Could you initial by each one? Oh, I'm sorry. That's fine. Nurse's hand. <laughs> just just like the doctor's hand. your visa card then. Don't forget that. All right. Um, you get that picture, Mom? Yeah. 
place. A little bit, a little bit crowded. To the side. There you go. Do you know who this is? That's my ex-wife. That's your ex-wife? Yeah. All right. watch. I know I thanked you already, but I want to thank you even more for just coming in, as, especially as quick as you did. Um, I just happen to be here. Normally, I'm in Orlando. That's where I live. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. But do, matter of fact, do we get your address? Um, no. What is your address? Five one six four Convoy Road, mm-hmm. apartment fifteen twenty four. Which is zip code? Three two eight eleven. To the Seven twenty one. That's seventy three. Seven twenty one. 1973. 1973. Okay. Like I told you earlier, I got your name from Jay Saltman. Saltman. Right, Saltman. Saltman. I may be destroying it, so I apologize. They're married now, maybe? Huh? Are they married now? I haven't spoken to them in like six months, five months, something like that. Okay. Now, I don't, I don't believe that they are married. Um, but he gave me your name as being her ex-husband or mm-hmm. father, having a son in common with her. Um, the reason why I wanted to talk to you today was something did happen to her. And I want to try to get information from anyone who can tell me anything about her. Okay. Okay. What happened to her? Um, your doctor or, I'm sorry. I'm a nurse. Your nurse. Okay. So My you doctor, yeah. Um, there's something that had happened to her. She's no longer with us at the moment. I'm sorry, you know, to have to come straight out and tell you that. That's why she I died. Really, that's why I really did not want to speak yes. to you on the phone. Um, it's better to talk to people in person. I spoke with Jay earlier, and he told me you're the other person who who should know about this because they were just dating, or I mean, they've been boyfriend and girlfriend, but you are her ex-husband, and you guys do have a child in common. Now your son is perfectly fine. He's with, he's with, um, was it her mom who came by? I don't know. There's other detectives yeah. that are still there. Yeah. But he is perfectly fine. Yeah. He's he's with uh, family members from her side. Okay. Okay. Um, but again, her mom's in a nursing home. If I remember right, she's like dementia. I know it's a family right. member. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, uh, he's perfectly fine. All right. Yeah. He's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with him. Um, what I want to try to get as much information from you. Uh, about her, and maybe okay. about Jay, if you do know him, or what their living conditions are like, or you know what could possibly be going on. Okay. Um, when, when did you guys divorce? Um, I mean, approximately. You're gonna hold me to a date, no, right? No, 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 no. I think, I think that was '99. '99. How long were you guys married? Uh, about three. Well, and when half, did you get four married? Four years. Three and a half, four years, something like that. Wow. What does she do? She's an LPN. She's an LPN. Do you know who she works for? Um, Oak Bridge Healthcare, I think. Oak Bridge. Oak Bridge. Oak Ridge. Oak Ridge. I'm not sure which one it is. I only been there one time. That was about many years ago. Okay. When I came back from Wyoming. When's the last time you spoke with her? January, the first couple of uh, first couple of days in January. First couple of days mm-hmm. in January. Yeah, we're supposed to go to court the 14th next week on Thursday. 
for what? She hasn't let me see my son since uh, that day. Uh, you know, I took him back and, you know, and he calls me up and like cusses me out. You know, I was at my patient's house. Who called house. you out your son? Jay. Jay. Oh, Jay calls you. Yeah, Jay called me up and I was at my patient's house and I'm, I'm half deaf. I'm usually reading most of your lips. Uh-huh to the supplement. Here I can hear pretty good, it's kind of echoing, but um, <laughs> but uh, he called me up and just started screaming. I couldn't even tell what he was. That's the last two phone calls I had from him, okay. was screaming so loud that my phone was, you're always on speaker when you're on my phone. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just reaches out through there and uh, you know, and my patients were coming to court with me to testify, you know, this is it. This is what they're doing. But she's saying like, I'm not wanting to be his dad and all sort of bullshit. And so, do you not want to be your son's then? Yeah, she's telling him. Yeah, and they're telling him that I, in court, per Eric saying that I don't want to. Um, uh, I'm not good for him, and that I don't love him, and I don't want to see him. You know, all that crap. So, and then when she stopped letting me see him, I quit paying child support. So that's why we were going back to court. When was the last time you seen him then? Eric, uh, first week in January. This is since January. Yep. That's why we're going back to court. We're. Um what court? Because I knew if I cut off the money, then we'd be back in there. <laughs> what county? Uh, Who are you going to court at? Orange. In Orange County? And you're taking her, or she's taking you? Uh, she's taking me this time, I think. For what? Is she just put on there to discuss all issues. It's not in front of a judge, it's in front of a magistrate. So I don't even know what the difference between a magistrate and a judge is, but... Okay. So we've been in court dozens and dozens of times, I mean... So I take it you guys don't talk? No, not at all. Or how about, how were your relationship prior to January? Prior to January? Um, you know, it's always been kind of, you know, by the skin of your teeth always. I mean, she's like a pathological liar. She constantly, um, you know, for example, when we'd set up the court date to go to, to, um, to you know, whenever, okay. Back, God, I had, I had custody of him. And she said, you buy a house for Eric and you can have Eric. She didn't want him. I'm like, fine, no problem. I went and I bought a house the next month. And then she gave him over to me and he was kind of living with me. He was down in Naples. That's where I, I was a travel nurse back then. Mm-hmm. And he was going to school down there. Everything was going good. And I said, hey, you want to come down for Christmas? She said, yeah. So she, her and her mom came down to Christmas in my new house. And, um, she, and I said, you know, I got some snorkel tickets. We're going to go down to Key West and go snorkeling if you want to go. She's like, oh, we were going to take him to Disney. I'm like, well, okay, I don't really want to go to Disney. And so she took him and was supposed to go to Disney. And she says, you know, you're not going to see him again. And I'm like, what the hell? And so then I was like, like, hell, I'm not. And then so I went and got a lawyer, like, the next week, you know, and because it was a Christmas, I had to wait, like, you know, until everyone came back. Mm-hmm. And um, it took us, all said and done, it took us two years to get through until I got to see my son again. Wow. Yeah. That's the kind of bitch she is. Keep your son from me. <laughs> I'm the guys that go into Disney. How were you guys when you guys were married? When we were married, um, I mean, she slept around me three times. I mean, you know, the night that I, uh, you know, that we we split up, you know, she, I came home early from a patient's house and um, she was shooting up my kid with something. And I, you know, I mean, that's all on record in Orlando. She had a needle stuck in his arm. She was shooting him up. She get him to go to sleep. With what? Don't know. Called, the, you know, I was exhausted. I'd been up for like 40 some hours, you know, and I kicked her out of the house and took Eric and went in the bedroom and 
pretty much just kind of passed out. When I woke up, she come and got Eric and took him, and then she went to North, uh, South Dakota, um, and uh, it's just a, it was just a big mess, the whole thing. But that's just the norm for her. She just makes up crap, and I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like she said, uh, I went and I got custody of Eric, you know, because um, I wanted the cops to, like, you know, find him and test his blood, see what she was shooting up with, and we couldn't find her. She was in South Dakota or North Dakota, Will, Wilcox, Wilson, something like that. That's where she went for her, one of her brothers or stepbrothers. And uh, so then I went in court and I got, um, got the judge to give me uh, custody of my son, came back. She came back and had uh, bruises on her arm where she said that I had um, beat her up and stuff like that. And she still had him in the courtroom whenever she came back. This was two months later. I hadn't seen her. Do nothing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, and we went to court and the judge just asked me, well, how'd she get the bruises? I was like, well, I didn't know. It's the first I've heard of any bruises. You know, I was like, I haven't seen a woman in two inches. She was there. She had the long sleeve shirts on and she pulled up and you could see she still had the bruises on her arms. Yeah. Two months later. Wow. And later on, she, she told Margaret Fish, that was her best friend at the time, took an orange and a grapefruit and slung it over her back, just like the, um, she looked up how to like, bruise herself and a Gatorade bottle, because there were perfect circles in her chest. Uh -huh. And she did that to say, oh, he was beating me. I was afraid for my life. And, I, and when the judge asked me, oh, did you, you know, did you beat her? I'm like, no, I didn't, never seen how did she get the, the bruises? And I said, I don't know. I was like, I never, didn't hear anything about it until just now. He's like, yeah, right. And this is while you guys were living together? No, this was after, whenever, after I kicked her out that night. A long time ago. Yeah. So, but I mean, yeah, it was months after us. Two months took us to get back in court after I had Eric. She have any uh, alcohol or drug problems? Uh, she used prescription drugs routinely. She was a big time user of that. And you think she's an abuser of that? Oh, she did when we were married. And how about you while you were married? Do you have any alcohol or drug problems? Nope. Okay. What type of prescriptions she take? Um, Xanax, Percocet. She take Ambien from her from um, from her patients at work and Restoril and Percocets. And she would she would just. She would just take him occasionally. I wouldn't say she had a drug problem. I mean, she shouldn't have done that, but um, I mean, she never was like, you know, doped out of her mind or anything like that. I mean, she just, she chronically had headaches and stuff like that. So that's what she would uh, take. Any alcohol as well? Um, she drank quite a bit. I didn't drink at all back then. In fact, when we got married, um, I toasted with grape juice because I couldn't stand the taste of alcohol. But, after being married with her, I did start to drink a little bit. Started drinking afterwards? Yeah, a little bit. Not much, so. so. Where was she getting the pills from? From her work. She would talk, swipe them from the, the patients. From the patients. Yeah. And she got her, and she, I, mean, I mean, stuff caught up with her. I mean, she got her license suspended twice. One was from Genesis Healthcare and Island Care Center. I mean, that's, I don't, you know, Genesis, I know, is a company that owned one of them, or like, they suspended her license and fined her because um, she said the aide said she gave the narcotic keys to them and told them to go past the meds while she went to sleep in the chapel. I mean, that's all. Y'all can look that up on the, mm -hmm. the nursing board. So, um, has she been dating Jay since you guys split up? No, she just started dating Jay. Well, I mean, it's not like she kicks me a prize when she started dating somebody, but um, well, I think how, they've only how long each other. Um, maybe since, maybe 
upon this the last year, maybe maybe July, I'm not sure. So under a year? Yeah, it would be under a year. Okay. I'm guessing, I mean, like yeah. I said, I haven't had any contact with them in like four or five months, whatever Jan the first week of January was. Mm -hmm. But um, you guys, did you ever speak with Jay? Do you know him? Oh, he just missed those two phone calls. That's what. Uh, That's it? Oscar Hotsauer, you can write them down, and Brad Hotsauer. I was at his place. That's my patient. Mm -hmm. He's going to come testify. That's why I was there. On the 14th? On the f he was going to go testify on the 14th yeah. for you? Yeah. Hotsauer, you said? Hotsauer. H-A-U-S-A-U-E-R. I think that's right. goes by Butch. You don't answer to Oscar. But I was at his house twice when I got a phone call from, from Jay. And because of my hearing problem, you're always on speakerphone. And I went, hello, and he just started cussing me out and speaking so loud the speaker just squawked. And I couldn't tell anything what was going on. And Brad was saying, uh, uh, which is his son, Brad Hausauer, he, you know, uh -huh. he just said that uh, he was, you know, he was cussing me out, telling me I'm never gonna see my son again. And, you know, I didn't even this, all I know what I said was hello. And then he just started. And that was the last two conversations I had. How long ago was that? I couldn't even tell you. Month, couple two months. Oh no, that was. I mean, I haven't done him in four months or so. Four months. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that was probably the end of January. Around January. Yeah, middle into January. Was he still going to court with you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I just talked to his son to get the notarized statement because his son lives in Oregon. He was going to make a notarized statement and and mail it down here because he can't fly down here. Do you have any other family members here? Um, Carolyn, that's my mom. I'll give her a phone number if you want. Where, where does uh, she live? She lives up in the villages up in, by Leesburg. Leesburg? Let's see. Same last name? Yeah. Well, she just got, she got remarried a little bit ago. I don't know what their new last name is. Okay. I don't give a shit about him. 352-360-9313. Any other siblings? Mom. Brothers? I have a brother. I'll speak to him. Is he here in Florida? Uh, I couldn't tell you. No. I haven't talked to him in 10 years. Wow, what happened there? Uh, we just never got along. We were eight years apart, and I mean, everything I that's am is the opposite. That's Lonnie. What did you say, Lonnie? Lonnie, yeah. Lonnie. The one who supposedly named me. Yeah. He named you, and you guys don't talk, huh? Yeah. Um, what can you tell me about Jay? Don't know much about him except that um, he loves to scream. And Eric says he screams all about him. And uh, Eric went to his guidance counselor after talking with me. And uh, he went to, you know, I went to put my arm around my son. And uh, Eric went like this. And I'm like, what's that from? And he went to talk about it. So I, get, he, I routinely call Mary Andrew. She's my um, one of my great best friends. She lives up in Indiana. So I had her, I called and said, oh, you want to talk with Mary? He's like, yeah. Well, she told him that um, she, Mary told, Eric told Mary that she, um, that Jay was like, you know, throwing him across the room, throwing him on the ground, putting his knee in his back, um, you know, slamming up against a mirror, and there was a big DCF case about it. And um, and the lady still never got back to me. That's Michelle Gomez. She's from DCF? Yeah. That was... From what office? Um, couldn't tell you. 
Is there any judgment or any, any order saying that you're not allowed to see your child? None whatsoever. In fact, we have joint custody right now. That's why she was in deep shit when we got to court. Because, yeah, I was in deep shit too, but it was a way to get us to uh, um, actually get into court. So she didn't fake some other thing and postpone it. And I didn't want to go through another two years and not see my kid. Mm -hmm. And I knew if I cut off the money, she would definitely come to court. So, but yeah, she could, I mean, we have joint custody. She kept, because she kept him from me for two years, she was supposed to let me see him openly, unending, every weekend if I wanted, and every holiday. Mm -hmm. And so with that, and then when she cut that off, and then I didn't pay her, you know, I stopped paying the child support, you know, she, um, you know, that just, she broke the contract <laughs> totally, so. Yeah. But prior to January, you were seeing him on the regular? On the weekends? Uh, prior to January, I've seen him for about four months. That just started. That was what's. There was a two years where I didn't get to see him. Then I got to see him for four months, and now it's been another whatever. And then it just started again. Yeah, same shit, different day. You guys, have you called her? No, uh, I can't call. Her. They won't no. answer my. They won't answer my phone calls. They won't answer it. They won't answer my phone calls. Okay. Where have you been calling? The cell phones, house phone. Uh, I have the house phone and. Um, her cell phone she turned off months ago. I haven't tried. I haven't tried to contact him since. I mean, it's months and months. I mean, because when you call him, all you get him bitching at you, screaming. The laptop is lungs. You know, I'm like, Jay. Yeah. How about your son? Does he have a phone or anything? Do you contact him? At he doesn't all? have a phone. No. No. How's he doing in school? I don't know. I, I went to go. I went down to the school to see. How it, you're supposed to be able to have lunch with your kid, and I'm like, well, I get to see my son then. I went down to the school, and they said, um, oh, well, your name's not on the card, and you have to be on the card to come in there. And I'm like, I even had the court document showing, hey, we have joint custody. I just want to have some lunch with my son on Friday, like you're supposed to. Mm -hmm. They wouldn't let me see him. son. How long ago was this? That was, I don't know, a good month ago. And I was just and I was just called to talk with the secretary or whoever picks up the phone at the school. Okay. That was Lions, Lion, Lime Street Elementary, I think it was, and now it's called something else. But you, that it was just just renamed this year. So, do you know how much money she makes? I have no clue. Well, she's an LPN. While you were married, was. Does she normally carry cash or with the money in the, in the bank? Does she carry a bank card? Um, she usually carried it around with her most of the time because she would just spend it left and right. What, cash? Cash, frequently. But if she had a credit card, she'd max it out. How about jewelry? Um, she wasn't really big on the jewelry thing. No. I mean, I bought her this whole emerald set for Valentine's Day, a necklace, and a ring, a bracelet, and green shoes, a green dress, the green pocketbook. This is why you guys were married? Before we were married, yeah, and she, she didn't care. How about, um, did you ever confront her or Jay, reference what your son had told you about him? No, I left, because I, I, I wasn't even talking with them then, and I was talking with Michelle Gomez. Uh-huh. So. Okay, so you didn't, you didn't contact her during that? Let her know, find out maybe what's going on? No. Not to my knowledge, I mean. Did Michelle maybe tell you something? Is Jay a violent person or? Um, well, well, Jay's, I mean, other than him screaming at me and stuff, I mean, when we were uh, talking with him, like, one day, let's see, we, were, we used to meet at Bob Evans, I-4 and 27, mm -hmm. and um, 
um, I had Eric out on the on the boat with Butch, actually, with Oscar Alshauer there. Uh -huh. We went out in Lake Butler, and Eric was playing around, and he slipped on the pylon and fell and got a bruise on his leg. Well, I, I went and, uh, you know, I had put the ice on it and everything, and it was that same afternoon I had to take him back. So I took him back. The next time I got Eric two weeks later or three weeks later, whenever it was, um, uh, Eric said, oh, mommy was taking pictures and drawing on my leg. And I'm like, what's she doing that for? I mean, because she's, I mean, in Naples, she tried to say I was sexually molesting Eric. That's what I thought this was all about. I mean, and in Naples, in Naples, yeah. She, she tried to, she tries anything she fucking can do to like try to, mm -hmm. you know, keep me from my son. What happened with that? Oh, the guy, the cop said he uh, he had the papers there. I was freaked out just like right when you read me that first statement. Yeah. I was, you know, I was I was all shaking, going, "What's going on?" I've never been to a, the police station before, and um, he's like, "Before I see you nervous, don't worry about it." He showed me. He's like, "I've already dismissed this case because," and he put on there it was laughable. <laughs> The, the, the charger before you talk to me he said this is just a formality I have to meet with you oh, so it didn't go it didn't go to court at all no not at all because the cop said it was totally invalid uh, that was in Naples yeah is that where you guys were living no oh I was living in Naples yeah. you were living in Naples mm -hmm. so this is the time you were staying with you right and she made a complaint said that I was trying to sexually molest him what year was that couldn't tell you right off the top of my head. I mean, I've been a travel nurse until, I mean, for the past nine years until this year, I mean, so. Do you know what she drives? I have no clue. I know it's a black, well, they always came in, I guess it was his black, maybe a, um, it's an SUV, I mean, like a Tahoe or something like that. What do you drive? A uh, black 350Z. What year? 2006. It's right outside. So I take it you don't go to the house if you haven't seen them since January. No, actually, she's supposedly has moved since then to some other place. Um, you know supposedly where? moved in with Jay somewhere, she and she wouldn't let me know where the address was because I wanted to know. I went to their old address and no one's there. She wouldn't let you know. Yeah, where she, she wouldn't tell to? me where she moved to. She said I moved in with Jay. Where did she live at before? Um, they drive you there. Uh oh. What city? Um, it was in Lakeland. In Lakeland. Any major groceries that you remember? Um. Give me a minute. It's been a long time. Okay. Um. I don't even remember any of the roads in Lakeland. No. I know there's a big lake just like two, two roads over, like um. You gonna borrow your pen there? Sure. Like, there's an apartment right here. Up, way up here, there's a park. And there's a lake here with the Dunkin' Donuts. And then there's like two lights, and then there's this big lake with a park around it. Mm -hmm. And um, whatever that apartment complex is. <laughs> the, um, the last known place. Yeah. You've known her to live. Right. Because yeah. when I came back from Who's Wyoming. That was just her and Eric. Her and Eric. Mm -hmm. And in fact, when I came from Wyoming, you know, I moved in with her for a month to get him because she wasn't working with him at school. And every day, I mean, I stayed with her for one month yeah. when I made back from uh, Wyoming. And we'd go up here to Burger King. I wish I could remember this. It's just this, this is the main drag here. I can't think of the name. But this is a, this is the, like the only park in Lakeland, I think. It's like a little park where you go play ball if you yeah. can. I took Eric up there all the time. Did um. 
I'm sorry. Did you know all of her friends? I knew Margaret Fish. Please. Well, Margaret Fish was her best friend until um, until uh, we got divorced. So all the crap she was trying to do to me. Margaret Fish? Yep, she's another LPN. And since they don't talk because she thought she was all joking until she realized she was telling the truth. Like I was saying, oh, so they don't talk now? They don't talk now at all. Cause Where does Margaret live? St. Cloud. She still works at Nirvana, same company as me. In St. Cloud? Uh, no, it's uh, the office is in Winter Park. But, uh, but she lives in St. Cloud. Margaret? She used to. I mean, I don't keep in touch with her at all. Okay. Like I said, she was my wife's friend, so. Any other mutual friends? Between? That you would know? Uh, you or, and your ex-wife? Um, Aside from Margaret? Um, like who would come over when you guys were dead? Or living together? Margaret and her husband. Um, way on back then. God. No, nobody really came to visit us. All my friends hated her. They couldn't want to, they didn't want nothing to do with her. Elizabeth? Yeah. Why? Because she was always, she was always sarcastic, always bitching, constantly. No matter what. Yeah, I mean. So she didn't like your friends? No, she didn't like any of my friends. But in fact, Margaret was, uh, went to court with me in the divorce to go testify on my behalf. Oh, did she? Yeah. Okay. That's why they're no longer friends? Yeah. Well, she was telling her all kinds of stuff. Like, I was sick for about nine months and almost ended up in the hospital. I mean, we were, um, you know, I was constantly having diarrhea like crazy. And Margaret, and, and when I actually got Margaret, you know, we just happened to be alone one day. And I said, like, God, I've been sick because I went to the bathroom. And I was like, I've just been going on almost like, you know, nine months, almost a year. And I mean, she, and she's like, you're kidding me. She's like, she said, she's been putting pints on your food and all kinds of crap. I mean, she's doing vicious bullshit. Who told you this? That was Margaret. Margaret told me that. That Elizabeth was putting pine salt on your food? Yeah. And I stopped eating what Liz made for me and I got over it. That's what she was going to court to testify about. Dishes? Um, we got to the court and couldn't eat, I never even got to call her. Because that's whenever the judge saw the bruises and she didn't want to see anything else. She thought she was all joking about it constantly. I rather be talking this much. You what? That's all we do. Didn't realize I'd be talking this yeah. much. You want to sit back? No, I'm good. Um. What's your daily routine? Um, every day is a little different. It depends on what patients I go see. I mean, like today, you know. You said you were working today? Yeah. What time did you start work today? Um, probably about 11.30, 12. Is that normal for you, that about that time? Or do you make your own I schedule? try to make it that, at my normal time, but sometimes right. you can't, you right. know. But yeah, that was. Do you make your own schedule? Mm -hmm. I mean, you, you set up appointments with. These patients, right. 
So it could be different every day? Yeah, yeah every day usually is different. Okay. It just depends on where I'm going. Do you have an office that you work at? Uh -huh. Where's that office at? That's in Moore Park, 611 Wymore, North Wymore. North Wymore? Uh-huh. Do you check in there before work or one once a day? Or once a week, maybe. Once a week? I was there today, though. You were? What yeah. time were you there today? Um, probably about 3.30 in the afternoon. It's nurses week, so I had to go pick up the bag of the little gifts and stuff, and they gave me cake and little chicken wraps and a lot of the garbage. Tell me about, you know, since you got to work, could you tell me how many stops you made and where you made them? Um, I went to, since I, since, since you started work today, um, I went from my house up to see Barbara Manzo, which is my patient in Claremont. Am I allowed to say her name? Sure. Yeah, yeah. why not? Okay. Well, I didn't know that patient confidentiality stuff. That's, that's okay. Yeah, she lives out in Claremont. It's mm -hmm. like an hour, hour and a half drive one way just to get out there. And I got there about 1.30, um, and I started her IV, but no one else came. And How long does that take? Um, it took me about 30 minutes or so. Okay. She has really fine veins, okay. and um, so I started her IV and um, should have done the paperwork there, but I didn't. I always put, you can ask my boss, I'm always putting paperwork off. Mm -hmm. But And then I went and I, I took an hour and a half back, came to uh, work there, picked up uh, research packs, discharge oasis. That's all the, the Medicare paperwork that you need to do. How long did you spend at your office? Probably a good hour, I'm thinking. Okay. I mean, I ate there. Took some food with me. Right. <laughs> Where'd you go from there? Um, then I went back home and. Or you, um, and you live? Well, we got your address, okay? So I mean, had to. It was it's caked with like a cream cheese frosting, so it can't really sit in the car and all that stuff. So I went back home to put that in the refrigerator and um, sat out there. Went downstairs and talked to my uh, neighbor. Um, what time is it right now when you're talking to your neighbor? Um. Doctor, let's see. The last time was about seven, somewhere between seven and seven thirty, something like that. What's her name? Mindy Maturo. Mindy Maturo. Mindy. Mindy. Like Mark and Mindy, and her husband is named Mark. <laughs> Maturo. Maturo. And, and does she live? M E. Um, I think M A is I on my phone. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and she lives below you, next to you, above you? Down, over to the right. Do you know what apartment number she lives in? I don't know what that is over there. Okay. Whoever it is. Thank you. Sorry. Um, and then, my patients uh, all call me. I give them my cell phone. I, right. I got the same problem with people calling me in the middle of the night and stuff. So. <laughs> um, especially this guy here. Um, <laughs> he really does like that. <laughs> But, okay, so after you talked, how long did you talk to your neighbor? Um, just a little bit. I sort of see she wanted to go on my date with me to, you know, do a double date with her and her husband to go see Star Trek. And, um, you know, they had uh, one that was going to be at 7.30, but um, she said they got a little two-year-old. She said she didn't want to sit through that. Mm -hmm. I thought he would like Star Trek, you know. My son did. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so then I went and hauled ass over to Altamont Springs. Okay. Um, that's Alejandro Luella. Uh-huh. Like wheel. I'm one of the few that speak Spanish. Who's that? That's a new patient I was supposed to go with. Patient? Mm-hmm. And I 
I'm supposed to be there at 7.30, and I got there a little after, probably about 7.40 or so. And then he wasn't even there. It was just his son or cousin. Is it in Altamont? No. I got his address if you want that outside in my car. Okay, we can get that later. And he wasn't there? He wasn't there. It was his son or... So that was a short stay? Oh, I didn't. I just left. He's like, oh, he's at this other address, 425, whatever. And he's like trying to give me... I was like, hey, I don't have time for this. Because I just talked with him. I'm like, you know, because I want to go on my date, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and then what happened? Where'd you go then? Um, then I came back home to see if... Um, you know, Lewis had showed up and didn't, and so then I um, said, well, we'll do another patient. So I started to head out to go see Mr. Desmond Martin. He's a patient out in Point Siena. And I saw the Walmart there, and I stopped by. I was going to get some flowers, and then, you know, and then that's whenever he called me. So, oh, so you were just getting off the turnpike? Yeah, I just, well, I just right pulled in, into the parking lot. You were shopping? Oh, you just pulled into the park. Oh, yeah, I just pulled into that little gas station. I didn't even make it to the to Walmart. I mean, I was in the car when you called me. Okay. That little. I don't know what the hell the gas station was. Here. Yeah, because I was right by the turnpike. What about her routines when when you knew her? When I knew her, she worked at Nirvana with me. Well, we worked at a number of agencies, Care Team and Pediatric Services of America, because I, I start IVs on kids too. Um, I put in pick lines, and, and she just did like, um, she would just do like hourly cases. She didn't like doing visits, where I like doing the visits, because I can crank them out. she have any enemies? A lot of people didn't like her. A lot? Like, like did anybody? Have anything to prove to her, or? Well, I mean, she would. I mean, she was arrested twice for check fraud. She kept pissing off people. She was. She would steal things from her friends. I mean, she pissed off most of her friends. I mean, it doesn't take long for them to uh, realize. I mean, she'd come over to her house, things would go missing. Would she always carry a purse with her? Um, not always. Would she always carry identification with her. Usually, yeah. I think. Um, I mean, she always carry a wallet. I mean, if she were if she were to leave for the day for work, would she was she a person who would always have those things with her? Pretty much, yeah. Okay. I mean, um, yeah. I mean, you gotta give me. It's been yeah. ten. What's that? I guess that is ten years. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that was a normal routine. Yeah, she always had sure her bag. Yeah, because she would go shopping all the time. I mean. Um. Was she into gambling or anything? Um, again, I don't. I mean, we gambled twice, but there was nothing. Um, I mean, I didn't see she was addicted to it or nothing like no, that. Nothing major. No, nothing major then. And like I said, I mean, she didn't really even the bills she was taking. It was just infrequently, you know. She owned anybody money. Let's go. We're kind of good at that. Uh, back then, I mean, back she, then she borrowed money from people. Oh yeah, frequently. I mean, frequently. Lots of money. Um. I mean, she would borrow like small sums from like a bunch of people, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, Why? Because she was so, I mean, see, uh, we made the deal with her. I mean, we lived at Tuscany Bay Apartments. Um, it's still there on 436. Um, and um, I said, look, I'm an RN, you're an LPN, you know, I make double what you make. It's like, you know, if you want to 
do whatever you want to do, that's cool. It's like, you know, because I can, it doesn't make sense for you working all these hours and then I don't get to see you and whatever. Um, you know, let's do this. Let me just work my ass off. Right now. That's one of my patients. Is that okay? Yes. Don't tell them that. No. This Tommy. Hey, what's going on? Oh. Hey, listen. Um, I'm down here. I'm still seeing a patient. Um, can, I'll, I'll be leaving sometime relatively soon, I think. And I'll be up there, okay? We'll still go see the movie, okay? Okay. All right, I'd rather do it tonight because it opens. But, but let me call you back when I'm done because I'm, I'm right in the middle of something. All right, you think I call you back at this number? Okay, all right. Thank you, sorry about that. It's my date. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell are you? That's funny. Um, Tommy, all indications uh, that we're getting um, is that we're investigating a homicide, okay? So that's kind of why we brought you in, is to get some ideas of why or who or, or, or what's going on in her life or... Um, or possibilities, anything you can help us out. You can imagine, to us, she's a stranger. To you, she's your ex-wife. I understand you haven't been together in 10 years, but to us, we've never been together. Right. So I don't know her. I don't know her routines. I don't know what she might be doing. What she well, I know she would piss people off all the time. I mean, just like the fact that Eric went to his guidance counselor and said, you know, that Jay was beating him and stuff, uh -huh. you know. And then she, and, uh, oh, you know, I think I did talk to her after Eric did that. She called and said, that, oh, you did that, or I don't know. That was one time that I called and she actually picked up and it wasn't Jay screaming at me. But she was like, oh, you told him to go to do that. I'm like, no. To go to the guidance counselor? To go to the guidance counselor. I'm like, no, Mary told him to go to the guidance counselor after, because he wouldn't talk to me. Did you confront her about Jay? Oh, she wouldn't talk to me about it. No. She just, I mean, she's, she, you couldn't get a straight answer out of her for no reason. Um, Did she know anyone in Kissimmee or Osceola County in general? Um, she used to live in Davenport and Lake Wales, I mean, so I guess the surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. Margaret lives in St. used to live in St. Cloud, so, I mean, I don't know. Was she like a fighting person? Oh, she would slap the shit out of me all the time. Of you? Yeah, all the time. Okay. About strangers, sorry. No. Um, I never saw her slap any of her friends or anything like that, I mean, I mean, she was drunk one time and um, slapped Slept, uh, I don't even know who it was. I don't even know if they knew each other it was so long ago. I mean, we were just in a, we were on the cruise ship and I walked over to the bathroom, came back and she hauled and slapped this guy across the face. But I mean, you know, I never seen her slap any of her friends really. I mean, you know, but I never really hung out with her friends. So. Do you, uh, have you ever seen her vehicle? Um, the, well, I know they came in a black SUV. To pick up Eric, she used to have a white. Wait a minute, she had a a red or maroon Escort wagon, and then she went had a white new Kia, and then she couldn't make the payments on that because she was horrible with money. When's her birthday? Um, I should know that. November twentieth or nineteenth, sixty-five. What school does Eric go to? Um, 
It used to be called Lime Street Elementary. I think I told. I think you wrote that down earlier. Now it's called something else, like with an H. Do you recognize that car? Yeah, that's what they used to come pick up Eric in all the time. That's it with all the stickers. Yeah, because she always had the American one. Yeah, that's exactly what they used to pick them up with. She was over. She was the only one in my house for a month, and then this is gone, you know. I mean, that was that was a common thing. Are you surprised that we're here today? No, I, I thought she was making some bullshit because it's like before. Right before we go to court, she pulls something else out of her hat to try to keep me here. No, I'm talking about we're investigating a homicide of... of yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm sad that it happened because, you know, I hated the bitch. I mean, I've been, everybody in the universe knows that because of the way she treated me. I mean, she slept around me three times, keeps my son from me, the love of my life, and, you know, that's, everybody knows that. But I had, whatever happened, I had nothing to do with it, I mean. Well, you know, you mean just by watching TV, the, uh, when something like this happens, the cops' first place they go to are the closest the exes, people yeah. around there. Well, not only exes, it's close the closest people around there, it's like, really like fire ants, when something like this happens, we just spread out and we contact everybody mm -hmm. she knows and deals with and that kind of thing. Well, I can give you the address of the patients I um, was at today and you can call Barbara and... Okay. We'll do that, we'll get that stuff. And I even got MapQuested because I always have the MapQuest to the patient's house. So, I mean, that's no problem. But you, do you know anyone in Kissimmee? Palacio County General? Um, Aside patients. From that's it, just my patients. Do you have any friends here? Not really. No one that you talk to. Okay. I mean, sometimes my patients become my friends, like Oscar. But besides any patients, you don't know anybody in us? Someone who you see on the regular or hang out with? Alberta Pierce. She's, um, I took care of her husband, Willie Pierce, and we've become real close friends. I stop by there every time I go to see Desmond Martin. So I have to pass by their house. That's in Point as well, then? Uh, it's, it's, might as well be, it's almost, it's, you go down Pleasant Hill, about another six miles, and it's like right before you hit Pleasant, you know, Bellagio, that's where they at. Um, I have the little thing you gotta get in when you put in your window. Okay. I see her almost three times a week. Yeah. I thought she was going to be making some other crap up, you know, like, oh, I was beating Eric or, you know, sexually molested. She just, whatever, you know, she just comes up with whatever. I mean, and that's all on file. Like, the time, last time we were supposed to go to court to, before this, it was when we were in Naples, and I had set up to go to court. She filed a domestic violence in Polk County. And since they don't share records, 
nothing good, and I didn't even know anything about it. And we showed up in court, oh, well, we can't decide anything because there's a domestic violence case in place. And then I, and I was in Naples Community Hospital working in the open heart unit at that time because I was a travel nurse. And you have to scan the med and scan the patient's wristband and then give the patient their, their stuff. So I could prove, and she, she said it was like 1.30 in the morning, I worked at nights. She said, oh, I tried to, I beat her up at 1.30 in the morning. So my nurse manager went with me to go to court. She didn't even show up, so the whole thing was thrown out. And that was in Polk County. Her name was uh, Janice Feenstra. That's back she, well, back then, I even got her phone number too. You're good with names. Better than me. I don't remember your Roller? Yeah. And Malina. Malina. Do you want her phone number? Yeah, good. Does Janice know uh, Elizabeth? I don't know if they ever met or not, but she actually dressed up and went with me and drove me to the court in Polk County. She was going to testify. I was working with her that night. One, two, three, nine, two hundred, two, three, nine, zero. That's why all my friends, like, I mean, you know, they, they all know me and stuff because, like, she always got them involved in some other bullshit. They always had to come testify or I was with them whenever she says I tried to beat her or whatever. Or, I mean, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Do you pay any alimony or anything like that? Nope. Never had pain alimony. And child support was nothing. Nothing a hundred a month. How are you financially? I'm doing pretty good now. Now? I wasn't. You got uh, a good car. So yeah, I got a nice car. Almost got back up with the payments on it. I mean, I had a little, you know, um, had a little problem down in uh, Key West. You know, there's only one hospital down there. And I got a little tip with one of the doctors. And I got, uh, I quit on the spot. And, okay, so yeah, and up a little bit. Yeah, I got backed up a little bit. How about the savings account? you have any savings account? I have a savings account, but that was just kind of required to make the checking account free at Bank of America. Um, any kind of insurances, um, life insurance policies? No life insurance. What about her? Does she have any life that you know of, life insurance policies? Did you guys ever buy one while you were together and things were good? I think we did buy one when we were together. Okay. Um, Who's paying that? Well, I mean, we were. I mean, we bought it when we were living together. Mm -hmm. But, I mean... Is it still effective? I, I doubt that. I mean, I never paid on anything since. Yeah. So. How much is in your checking account now? One hundred ninety dollars and twelve cents. What about credit cards? How much credit do you have available? I don't have credit cards since her. Okay. After in that period before you actually divorced, she would still sign my name with the credit cards they'd seen in the mail, and she charged up a bunch of little credit. Oh yeah, it's trashed. Okay. I refused to pay any of that shit. Are you uh, owning a car? Are you on the Are you registered owner to the car? Yep. And there's a lien on the car. What do you mean a lien? Is there a lien? Somebody owns it. Do you pay someone for it, or the is bank. it paid off? What the bank? How how much do you own? Is it still um, a lot? Um, probably like twenty four. I'm get, I don't I mean, I don't know how much is on it. I mean, you'd have to call. What the, did you pay for it? Thirty two. That was in Naples. All right. Let's go. Just give us two minutes. I'll be right back. Okay. Try to wrap this up as soon as we can, all right? All right. Anything else? No. No? Okay. Not going to be too much longer, though, no, right? No, sir. Okay. No, no.
whole worth. I don't have a pen. Whole worth. Maybe. Whole's worth. Lake. It's like Holesworth or something like that. Um, Hole, like Holeworth. Holeworth Lake. Holes. Yeah, Holeworth. I think. You want to look through your phone quick? Sure. Absolutely. Thank you. You haven't seen um, Elizabeth since January. January. Okay. So from here to January, she so she hasn't changed much, right? Um. What do you mean? I mean, as an appearance, like if I show you a picture of her, you'll be able to identify her for me? Yeah, easily. Okay. That's a good picture right there. Now, this is... I don't want you to be freaked out. Yeah, me. this is a little bit graphic. But because you're on the medical field. Oh, I don't want to see nothing nasty. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's not crazy. No, it's not. So to make sure we're dealing with the right person. Yeah, I just want to... Yeah, exactly. There are too many people that do look alike. You know who that is? That's her. Is that her? Shit. Wow. And where's my son? I mean, your son is safe. Promise you. Place we went. Yeah. He didn't see nothing happen? He uh -huh. wasn't in the car or nothing? Hey, I'm sorry to interrupt. Um, I want to introduce somebody to you. You ever met this guy before? I have. I want to introduce this to you. This is, this is uh, an agent from the Osceola County Sheriff's Office. Okay. Okay. Here. Okay. Hey, Tommy. This is important to you. Also, is important to me. Um, now you fully understand what the situation is, right? Um, it's probably in your best interest. Do you help me understand what would drive a person to this point? What do you mean? Huh? Let's let's face it. Okay. What we want to understand is what 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 kind of mental uh, decision making uh, area you're in right now. All right. We understand that that you've been through a lot and that you might have made some bad decisions. 
um, and that's okay. But the more we understand, the better. Well, that's right. what I'm trying to do. I'm telling you what you want, you, every question you ask, I've answered. Right. Do you understand who that man was? He's an agent for the Osceola County Sheriff's Office. He's a police officer. Okay. So you understand where we're at now in the investigation. You're not following. No, not following. I know your mind's just spinning. It's going crazy right now, Tommy. I understand that. All right? You don't know where to go right now. In fact, you'd like to hit this door probably pretty quick. You have to understand where we're at. We've been investigating this for probably, what, two weeks now? All right? Ever since you met Billy? Before that. All right. Okay. Now, we understand everything that's happened So between you and Billy. What we don't understand, and I wouldn't like to leave it up to my assumption, is why? Is there something that we don't know that we should know? I'm not following. Why would you take the steps that you did to get rid of your wife? I didn't take any steps to get rid of my wife. You have, have you been meeting with Billy? last week I saw him yeah like twice okay Billy is agent Griffin he has been my partner for five years you understand that okay so where he goes I go so everywhere you've been with him I've been there with him and with you now I understand from the moment that you guys first met even prior to the moment that you guys met, first met but yeah please understand that before I come across you I don't know you I didn't know Elizabeth so I don't understand what would drive a person to that point. There has to be a reason. I mean, there has to be a good reason. And I don't want to write down my assumptions of what I've known from you or I know of you. What I want to know is what you really tell me as to why, what happened, you know, what pushed you to that point, to where we are right now. What pushed me to the point yeah. to where we are now? Yeah, like what happened? Like why would you want to contact um, Billy, Agent Griffin, and have all the discussions that you guys have had, and I mean, for all the discussions, we only talked, I've only seen him twice. What you talk about? I'm um, talking about my, my ex-wife and my son. And what else? That's pretty like, much it. What you guys talk about specifically then? you guys specifically talk about? What do we specifically talk about? You can leave, um, you, I mean, Tommy, you're, you're a very smart guy. I don't take that away from you. You're very, you are. Obviously, you went to school, put yourself to school, you're a registered nurse. I mean, you're not someone who's uneducated. And you mean, I know you know you're fully aware of what the situation is at this point and you know where you are. And what I don't want to do is write down my assumption of where you were mentally. What I want to write down is what you told me. Hey look, yeah, it is what it is, this is this is what it is, and this is why. You know, help me understand that. I mean it's not to my benefit, it's to your own. Because to me, the crime is already done and committed. The crime is already done and committed. What I don't understand is why the crime was done and committed. 
and you're the only one who can help me with that, and you're the only one who can make any, everyone else understand. Why? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Huh? I don't understand what you're trying to say. Why would you get to the point where you would go and look for someone to want to hurt your, your ex-wife? Yeah, I didn't get to that point. Sure you did. Why are you trying to say that? Huh? Why are you trying to say that? She does her ex-husband, and I hated her guts. I mean, gosh, that's no secret. She hates my guts. You're absolutely correct. But you're the one who has spoken with Agent Griffin, who you believe to be as Billy, to discuss hurting your ex-wife. That's not a facade, that happened. It's been happening for the last several days. So what do you want to do? What's the, the next step? Huh? So what's the next step? Well, I'm trying to see if you can make me, help me understand what happened. You know, what happened, what pushed you in your life to, you know, to get to this point? I've, just been, I've answered every question you've asked me. <laughs> I don't understand what you're trying to say, what pushed me to this point. Why would you want to see Elizabeth hurt? I didn't say I wanted to see her hurt. Huh? I didn't say I wanted to see her hurt. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. When? Yes, you did. Play it back for me. Since Monday, you've been saying it. Since Monday, I've been saying it. Since Monday, you've been saying it. So what do you want to do? Hmm? I mean, I'm not gonna, I mean, I feel like you're kind of berating me here. I mean, no, I'm not. You I mean, I'm shedding light. I'm telling you what I know. What I'd like for you to tell me is what I don't know. Just to help me understand. I'm trying to. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you because after this point, you I mean when we when this is all said and done, and if we stay where we are right now, then I can say is, um, well, he really didn't have a reason. So that means he must want to have done it just because he wanted to do it. I said all I'm going to say then. Mm -hmm. If you're trying to change it like that. I'm not trying to change it, but if you don't tell me anything, then that's the only thing that I can assume. I can't tap into your mind and know what's been we going on for the last few How long? How many hours did we just talk for? Um, that doesn't matter. That was beside before the point that you knew that uh, Billy was actually a cop. And that you've been talking to a cop for the last week. Right. Now you know Billy's a cop, and I know all the stuff that you're trying to maybe hide from me, but I already knew. I mean, this could be, I mean, you can at one point later on want to say, well, this is why I did it, but your opportunity is now. You're not going to have this chance again. What are you saying you're offering? Huh? What are you trying I'm to say? I'm not offering you nothing. I'm not trying to just find out. What would take you to the point? It's not natural. Like, I know that I wouldn't want to hurt someone right now, but maybe something would happen between me and that person that would maybe drive me to. But unless I tell you what happened that would make me drive, you know, drive to get that person hurt or injured, you wouldn't know. You would just know that I did that one action. Your action was you contacted, you contacted Billy and other people and said you wanted to have Elizabeth hurt.
Not once, not twice. Really? Can I give him a scenario? Hmm? Can I give him a scenario? Sure. Why, why, why don't I have a lawyer then? Huh? Why don't I be able to speak with a lawyer? Because I'm not even understanding what you're trying to say. Let me, let me, let me show you something. You recognize that? There's $100 bills. Do you recognize it? I've had $100 bills before. Did you give? I've never seen a package before. Did you give Agent Griffin any money? Did I give Agent Griffin? Who's Agent Griffin? Billy. Billy. Let me tell you what you did, okay? You might have been in a hotel room, okay? You went inside and had a conversation. You went in there for over 27 minutes. And was it 22 seconds, 27 minutes, 22 seconds? You came out, you walked outside because you didn't want to do anything inside the hotel room because you were trying to be smart, but you really wasn't smart. Then you walked outside, out there, then you talked about it and said you wouldn't give me any details, you know, because you were a pretty smart guy. So you walked outside, all three of you did. You walked outside, you talked to him for a few minutes, and you said you just wanted out of the way, then you discussed the price. You know, $500 up front, $500 over two weeks, because you only get paid over two weeks. Okay, am I so far? Now, I don't want to give you too much information, you know. And all he's trying to do is find out why. You know? Be honest with you, I don't really give a crap why. I mean, it's at you. We're trying to it's find out your, why you did it. It's for your benefit, isn't you know? it? It's not for ours. Then, let me finish. You already did what you did. Then you left. Then you left. You went up to the hotel room up there. And we went to the front lobby and said, hey, I got a friend lives in 154. I want to rent a room next door, too. And they tell you something else. Seeing you leave from there, then you go and you go out westbound on 192. Now you go 1.3 miles, you turn around, you come back, you come back in the hotel, you go on the east side, you get out and walk around a little bit over, and you look around a little bit more, and you come out, and the guy confronts you again, so I'm just having a cigarette before I leave. Then you get up and leave, then you go somewhere else. Then we call you again. I got the exact times, got your voice, got your video. You really didn't want to get in the truck. I got everything, you know? Really, I don't even need to talk to you. I can just lock you up, lock you up, take you over there, and I'm done for the night, go home for Mother's Day. Okay? You hear me? What we're just trying to find out is your opportunity as to why. But as to why. You know, if you don't want to say why, then fine. We're done. I don't care. You know? But but you know, you're gonna call me back, you know, when he's sitting in the jail over and you might see some of your patients. I don't know. But when you're sitting over there, you know, you're gonna to want to come back and say why. Okay, I wanna take this. But to me it has no validity to it whatsoever.